Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalog of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive, and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player. Hi, I'm Jeffrey. Welcome back to Nightfalls. Come, settle in for tonight's calming meditation and soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Join me beside the fireside tonight as we follow museum curator Sophie Quintero on her journey to the site of one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. Just as tales of the Garden of Babylon have sparked Sophie's imagination for a lifetime, Nightfalls has long since inspired my own curiosity. And... It's for that reason that I've come to consider the falls to be one of the great hidden wonders of the world and think perhaps the secret of it would be best kept between you and I. Before we join Sophie, let's wind down from another long day and take a little time to relax. Stretch out your arms and legs, however feels best for you. Twisting and turning your body to knead into the muscles most tense and tired 
after another long day. Give your hands and feet a gentle shake to release any energy lingering in your body as you prepare for a deep and restful night's sleep. Now, if you're feeling ready, if your limbs feel loose and long, and your muscles heavy and ready for rest, let your eyes drift closed on the day. Take a moment to enjoy the perfect quiet of the night. Breathe in the silken silence of the night sky. And as you exhale, release the chaos of the day on your right breath. This is your time to breathe, to find stillness, to be yourself. Perhaps much of your day was taken up by the things and people that fill your life and crowd your time. Lying here tonight, know that this is your time to relax. Center your attention on the sound of my voice and allow yourself to be transported. Drawing a deep breath in, ground yourself in the peace of the present moment where there is nothing and no one to distract you from tonight's tale. Exhaling, release the faces and places that crowd your mind in the daylight hours. Now, if you're feeling ready, tonight's journey can begin. Sophie Quintero looked towards the pile of sand-coloured bricks in front of her. They were remnants of a bygone era. They belonged to buildings which were once part of the magnificent city of Babylon. The city no longer existed, but clues had been left behind which had given scholars information about Babylon's rich history. Babylon had been established during the 19th century BC in the historical region of Mesopotamia. It had lain along both banks of the Euphrates River. It was claimed that the ready supply of water facilitated the building of one of its famous features the legendary Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Like the Great Pyramid of Giza and the Lighthouse of Alexandria, the gardens were one of the seven ancient wonders of the world, but the only one which had left no evidence of its existence. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon were shrouded in mystery and some people claimed they had never existed and were purely mythical. 
Mythical or not, Sophie had been fascinated with ancient mysteries since she was little and had loved delving further into them. This passion had led her to a career as a museum curator, which was perfect for her inquisitive nature of all things historical. She was taking a sabbatical from work and hadn't hesitated in booking a holiday to where Babylon once thrived. It was definitely a busman's holiday for her. Feeling the warmth of the morning sun on her back, Sophie was pleased she'd chosen light clothes to wear. Her cotton shorts and t-shirt were perfect, as was her wide-brimmed straw hat. Her trusty backpack, which she'd taken on many adventures around the world, was slung over her shoulder and contained all her provisions for the day. Sophie gently placed her hand on the pile of sand-colored bricks in front of her. She let her hand linger on the centuries-old ruin for a few seconds, feeling a connection to the past and the Babylonians who had lived in the city. She took her hand away and walked towards the shaded area where she'd arranged to meet her guide for the day, a local man called Zamir. A dark-haired man saw her approaching and half raised his hand in greeting, as though not sure she was looking for him or not. As she got nearer, his face crinkled up into a smile of recognition. Sophie instantly recognized his smile. Sophie and Zamir had connected through video calls before her visit, and his friendly face was very familiar to her. She stopped in front of him and said hello, a smile still on her face. She felt like she was greeting an old acquaintance. Zamir asked her about her journey from England and inquired about her first impressions of the area. Sophie was full of admiration for the landscape and the people she'd met so far. She asked Zamir about his wife and children, and if the youngest girl had settled into school okay. They continued chatting as they walked towards the walls of Babylon, which had been lovingly restored over the years. On the way, they went by areas that had yet to receive attention. They stopped at the reconstructed entrance. Sophie was amazed at the sheer size of the city. Rows and rows of walls lined wide pavements which towered above the tourists who were strolling along. Sophie imagined travelling back in time to when the city was thriving and wondered what life must have been like for the Babylonians. She pictured people strolling through the beautiful boulevards under the shade cast by palm trees. Vendors calling out their wares to customers. Jars of sweet honey which had been collected that morning or juicy dates fresh from the trees. 
Zamir explained how the restoration had been a painstaking one, but as a local, he'd marveled at how the city had slowly come back to life, returning from a bygone era. The bricks used on the restoration were similar to those used by the original Babylonians and matched those foundations which had survived time. The light colour of the bricks blended perfectly with the surrounding desert landscape. Sophie said it looked like the ancient city had risen through the sand like a mirage. Samir agreed with her. They walked slowly along, with Sophie absorbing every detail of the pathways and walls. Samir drew Sophie's attention to the raised animals on some of the walls. Lions, bulls, and mythological dragons, which had been considered important at the time and appeared in many fables. As a child growing up near the historical site, Samir was familiar with its history. He told Sophie how Babylon rose to fame under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar, who had reigned between 605 to 562 BC. He had great ambition and made Babylon the largest city in the world, with an estimated population of 200,000. The remains of the city they were now walking through were from Nebuchadnezzar's time. With a smile, Samir said the king constructed the hanging gardens of Babylon for his wife, who greatly missed the green hills and valleys of her homeland, and asked him to imitate the landscape of her native Persia. Which he had done, and on a great scale too. Sophie and her guide continued walking through the vast array of streets. After a while, Samir led Sophie away from the reconstructed city and towards an open piece of land which had a series of raised mounds covered in patches of grass. Samir said that, although there was no evidence of the famous gardens and where they might have been in Babylon, Many locals thought this area would have been the perfect place for the gardens. He pointed out the nearby river and explained how a huge amount of water had been needed to maintain the rows of trees and exotic flowers inside the gardens. Sophie had seen various drawings of the gardens, which had been imagined through artists' eyes. They all featured terraced rows constructed of brick and marble. Each terrace held a plethora of lush trees and vibrant flowers. Waterfalls flowed over the highest terraces into clear pools lower down. Tiled paths led through the terraces to the inner courtyard where more magnificent water features could be seen. Sophie knew the Babylonians were prolific writers and documented all aspects of their lives, including official reports, astrological knowledge, and myths and legends which had been passed down through generations. Yet, 
no mention had been made of the gardens, which made the mystery surrounding them more intriguing. But texts had been written by people who claimed they had visited the gardens. Many ancient accounts composed by Greek scholars were available to read and gave glimpses into the outstanding beauty of the gardens and the engineering skills which had been employed to create them. Sophie asked Zamir what he thought the gardens might have looked like. With a faraway look in his eyes, he said he'd given the matter a lot of careful thought over the years. In his youth, he had made drawings of how he imagined the gardens might have looked. He'd also pictured himself being there and how it would have felt. His voice filled with wonder as he said, In my imagination, I leave the hubbub of the city behind and walk towards the gardens. As I get nearer, I hear the birdsong coming from the palm trees, and soon the sound of tumbling waterfalls within the gardens becomes clearer. The hum of city life fades away, until all I can hear are the sounds of nature. I enter the garden and step onto the mosaic pathway. I reach out to touch the velvety softness of a red rose, and then I get lost in studying the intricate beauty of a sunflower. I wander slowly along, taking in the beauty of the many plants and flowers. I don't know all their names, but that doesn't matter to me. I feel like I'm in the middle of a tropical island. I imagine a mild breeze flowing around me and cooling me. I smell many delightful fragrances, flowers like orchids and jasmine, and aromatic plants like rosemary and lavender. As I stand at the bottom of the terraces, I look up at the rising layers. The sky looks even bluer and I feel I've been transported to a different world, a magical world full of colour and the bounty of nature. It's an oasis in the desert. Sophie smiled at his dreamlike expression. Zamir's version of the gardens was somewhere she'd love to visit in her imagination too. Such was the imagined beauty of the famed gardens that many artists had been inspired to create many projects over the years, which included paintings, books, and films. There was something so beguiling about the hanging gardens of Babylon, the puzzle of whether they'd existed at all only added to the enigmatic nature of them. Zamir and Sophie were silent as they looked upon the ground in front of them, each lost in their imaginations. Zamir said it wasn't just the gardens that made Babylon so famous. It was another legend too. The Tower of Babel, an impressively tall structure 
which reached towards the sky. According to the story, people came from all over the world and settled inside the tower. They all spoke the same language and lived in unity with each other. Samir loved that fable. He had relayed the story to his children on many an evening and told them how wonderful it would be if everyone spoke the same language. Samir's face crinkled up in laughter. He said his youngest daughter told him words are not always needed because a smile is always understood between strangers. Sophie smiled and said he had a wise daughter. They walked towards the river where a small picnic had been arranged for visitors. Zamir excused himself for a while and wished Sophie a pleasant meal. Sophie spent an enjoyable few hours savouring the simple meal of bread, fruit and olives, and then talking to her fellow travellers. The universal language of a smile was used in abundance and helped the conversations along. The river flowed sedately by, the sunlight reflecting off the gentle undulations of the water. Birds landed on the river banks and dipped their beaks into the water. A deer grazed nearby and occasionally cast an inquisitive look Sophie's way. Sophie turned her head and looked towards the area where the gardens may have been. She was soon lost in her thoughts of the past again, in the magnificence of the lost garden. Sophie took a notebook from her backpack. It was her custom to research an area before she travelled to it and make notes about its history. She would jot down any descriptive texts which she might discover. In Sophie's mind, the writings held more magic when she read from the place which was being described. There was one text in particular which she had loved reading. She turned to the page where she'd copied out a passage written by Diodorus Siculus, a Greek scholar, whose account of Babylon appeared in his book Bibliotheca Historica. The garden was a hundred feet long, by a hundred wide, and built up in tiers so that it resembled a theatre. Vaults had been constructed under the ascending terraces, which carried the entire weight of the planted garden. The uppermost vault, which was 75 feet high, was the highest part of the garden, which, at this point, was on the same level as the city walls. The roofs of the vaults which supported the garden were constructed of stone beams some 16 feet long, and over these were laid a first layer of reeds set in thick tar, then two courses of baked brick bonded by cement, and finally a covering of lead to prevent the moisture in the soil seeping into the roof. On top of this roof, enough topsoil was heaped 
to allow the biggest trees to take root. The earth was levelled off and thickly planted with every kind of tree. And since the galleries projected one beyond the other, where they were sunlit, they contained conduits for the water which was raised by pumps in great abundance from the river, though no one outside could see it being done. Going to the top of the gardens is like climbing a mountain. Each terrace rises up from the last, like the sirings, the pipes of pan, which are made of several tubes of unequal length. This gives the appearance of a theatre. It was flanked by perfectly constructed walls, 25 feet thick. The galleries were roofed with stone balconies. Above these, there was the first of a bed of reeds, with a great quantity of bitumen, then a double layer of baked bricks set in gypsum, then over that, a covering of lead, so that moisture from the soil heaped above it would not seep through. The earth was deep enough to contain the roots of many varieties of trees, which fascinated the beholder with their great size and their beauty. Sophie put her notebook down and thought about the words. She considered how impossible the notion must have seemed to King Nebuchadnezzar when his wife first asked him to build a tropical garden in the middle of the desert. But his love for his wife had made him determined to create it and to overcome any engineering issues along the way. She closed her eyes and transported herself back in time to when the hanging gardens of Babylon may have existed. Taking some deep, relaxing breaths, and just like Zamir had done earlier, she imagined herself inside the gardens, her feet lightly walking over the tiled floor, sunlight reflecting off the flowing water of the waterfalls, the flash of yellow and blue as a butterfly fluttered amongst the flower beds. Melodic birdsong filled the air, the soothing scent of chamomile flowers, a gentle breeze whispering through the trees. Sophie pictured herself walking to a bench and sitting down, taking the time to gaze softly at nature's bounty around her. She felt calm and peaceful. The hanging gardens of Babylon might be mythical, but it was somewhere Sophie could go to in her imagination. A soothing and relaxing place, and somewhere she could return to whenever she wanted to. Sophie opened her eyes and found herself in modern-day Babylon. It was no less extraordinary. There were countless historical artefacts buried here. There were huge pieces of dusty orange stone laying in the land around her, jutting upwards. All she could do was puzzle and dream 
as to what they were once a part of. She imagined one square of stone to be the old dwelling of a shoemaker. She imagined an elderly gentleman, shaded from the midday heat, in his airy stone home, chipping away at some leather with homemade tools. She imagined another opening amongst the stones to have been a place of study, the sturdy hand-carved table standing in the centre of the room. It would be piled high with parchment and somebody would be pouring over them with a pot of ink, brow furrowed in concentration. Sophie looked down at the red dust ground beneath her sandals and imagined all that lay beneath them in between layers of soil and sand. Ancient pottery of all sizes and shapes, some in fragments, some still whole. Golden coins, tablets inscribed with letters and drawings depicting myths and legends that had been preserved for future discovery. Rusted cutlery and tools that would baffle and amaze historians as they tried to distinguish their uses. Sophie felt that this place had a rich and complex history that she had barely scratched the surface of. Communities and organizations, studies and celebrations. Babylon was a place of historical innovation. It was even thought to be the first society to have written law. Sophie had seen this herself on a visit to the Louvre in Paris, where the resulting historical artifacts now resided. The ancient laws that had been uncovered were not written into leather-bound books, but carved into pillars of black stone. In the quiet of the air-conditioned museum, Sophie had marveled at this ancient rulebook, but it wasn't until she stood upon the site of Babylon that she really felt history come to life. Sophie strolled down towards the Euphrates. She looked out at the vast river, bordered by tall, swaying palm trees. She stood on its sandy bank. Even the river seemed steeped in history. Here, amongst the ruins, Sophie couldn't help but imagine children splashing in the shallows, families collecting water in clay pots, animals shading themselves under the vast parasols of the palm trees. The land that borders this river creates a sweeping line of green, cutting through the dry desert plains. This river fed Mesopotamia and joins the Tigris River to create the Fertile Crescent, a strip of lush oasis amid dry and dusty lands. Sophie dipped her hand in the shallows, so this could be the life force that fed one of the ancient wonders of the world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. She imagined the plants 
that could have sprung up from the magnificent flower beds thanks to this mighty river. Lush orchids, maybe, with delicate, exotic blooms. Fragrant roses, soft and silky to the touch. Purple irises, with their curled petals, held open to the embrace of the sun. Birds of paradise with their flame-coloured petals protruding from their thick green stalks like the plumage of the most remarkable parakeet. Frilly white angel's trumpets and waxy frangipani. The fragrance of the rosemary would have filled the air, mingling with the scents of who knows which other herbs, maybe sage, basil, even saffron. Sophie imagined the wife of the king plucking a soft pink flower from a shrub and placing it in her hair as she sat amongst the quiet of the garden. An impossible garden fed by an ancient river which may or may not have existed. Sophie thought it a most remarkable dream. She looked over her shoulder towards the stretch of vibrant ruins, a delightful mix of warm, earthy hues mingling with the soft browns of the earth under a blue sky. Maybe it wasn't so impossible after all. <laughs>